for those of you who've um, just joined us, thank you so much for coming. Um, and before I, I say anything, before I forget, um, we've got someone with a rather large or quite a few large uh, cameras here this evening. I forgot, this is Graham, he's very kindly uh, coming to take a few photos. If you, I don't know how to do this, if you really don't want to be in any of the photos, so maybe you pull faces at him or something like that if he's pointing your direction. The reason um, we're doing it is that we do loads and loads of stuff in church and one of the most effective ways to communicate is using imagery. So our website's missing a few pictures and other bits of um, our communication too. So Graham really kindly at short notice came along last night and today. Last night I forgot to give notice that um, he was there but because it was really dark no one would have noticed anyway probably. Anyway, thank you. Um, a couple of um, slides on the screen. The first, um, by way of introduction, purpose and, and values. Um, talking vision. I hope this isn't going to disappoint anyone. You might not be able to say that, see that, but you'll probably remember it because it's been spoken about so, so, so often. Um, but um, we can get you a copy later. But in the middle, our purpose statement, encounter, celebrate, and share God's transforming love. And there's five values. One around connecting with God, all involved, being a loving, generous community, being distinctive daily disciples of Jesus, and being proactive in mission. And there's some explanation against each and every one of those. And I hope this doesn't come as a disappointment. And when we're thinking about purpose and vision, to a large extent, what we're going to serve up this year is more of the same. Because every single staff member and ministry, part of their number one priority is to embed our purpose and values in every aspect of church life. Other priorities, uh, sort of managing communication, innovation and change, and there's a bit of that going on as well. And the other area that we're trying to develop, and this is sort of if we set ourselves targets, but it's to be creating a culture of invitation, of welcome, of integration, integration and, and service. And I think um, if we keep on doing these things, I can't see why God, with our purpose and values, wouldn't want to, to bless us, because it's us being faithful to what he's called us to do. But for those of you who are disappointed just to hear that, you could probably do with some tangible ideas of the sort of things that we might be doing, and that's the job of different ministry leads to share that. Um, as you know, those of you who've been in, in church, you, I've been rather captivated by the village sign. So, and to me, it sends a message to me, I wasn't part of compiling the village sign, but I think um, a village sign with Holy Trinity Claygate right at the centre is probably saying something to us about how some people in the village that chose to do the sign in that way chose to depict us. But maybe it's doing something as well um, that we'd like to believe at our best as a parish church to be in and of the community. And just using that imagery of clay and bricks and living stones, I'm going to read um, a section from 1 Peter. And as you come to him, which is Jesus, the living stone, you, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And I've talked quite a lot about this and bricks and how bricks are formed and how bricks are used and using that as an image for us, the church, to be partners with God in building his kingdom here on earth, wherever he places us. And I confess that I'm quite taken with the idea of these um, stones from Claygate being used to and build Hampton Court Palace. And I think we've all got royal purposes. I'm not going to do any, 
I'm not going to do this to any unsuspecting people this evening. Well, I could. At, um, at four o'clock church, I took one of these, and I loved it. <laughs> Across the room. I have to be quite careful which one I pick up. <laughs> um, la- last night, I think it was at the six o'clock service, I loved one of these. And Tim Bull knew it was um, not a proper brick, but Hannah, whose head it was aiming for, didn't. <laughs> and we had a visiting speaker who was rather shocked at how we do ministry around here. Um, and just I'm looking at the time, but just to say that these, those of you in part of the talk, these bricks didn't make the cut, and they were used, these bricks, to build our church building, and these have been collecting dust in a shed for 20 years, or maybe they're just in reserve, just in case some of the foundations start to crumble. We pray that is not a prophetic word, okay? I promised... Um, a big reveal, and it's not sort of 100 parties in 50 days. This is slightly different. We've had um, several Christmas trees um, in the front of church, and we've replaced it with another one. Um, Can I take you to... you, You have to use your imagination here, but you need to take yourself to the village sign again, and you'll notice a tree in the village sign, which is a Permain apple tree and this almost in embryo without any fruit is an apple tree and in in some of the um, publicity that went out I'm sorry to disappoint any of you if you thought I was going to produce a money tree this evening this is not a money tree but it is an apple tree and I just think um, again it's chosen for a reason I think it's unique to Claygate and Um, I suppose in terms of our mission and ministry and some of the things that you're going to be hearing, as a church, we're not satisfied with sticks. We'll be satisfied when we see fruit and see it as an abundance. And if you use um, biblical images about that, I don't know whether it works on apple trees, but it does work on vines. Sometimes from time to time we have to snip and prune and ask God to direct, but all the time... Uh, we're invited uh, to abide in him and abide in God's love, in his transforming love. And I hope you'll see a little bit and hear a little bit of evidence of that this evening as uh, I think Richard's going to come on and share now. Good evening, everyone. The Claygate Pear Main has a Wikipedia page if you're really interested. Anyway, I'm going to talk about something that you'll get really excited about, the really sexy area of discipleship. Hands up if you go, woohoo, discipleship, every time you wake up in the morning. I chose that picture. I thought Patrick Mr. Trick, by the way, in his vision talk, because I, I would have put money on him saying vision 2020 or 2020 vision on Vision Sunday. He didn't mention it once. Anyway, um, luckily I didn't make a bet on that, otherwise I would have lost a lot of money. Um, so I'm going to talk a bit about discipleship. Discipleship, I think, is um, something that a lot of us can find quite a hard process and I believe it can be quite difficult to be a Christian in the world today, isn't it? There's pressure uh, not to talk about faith with people that we meet. Um, we're told it's a private thing. And so we have this sort of internal pressure and expectation that we shouldn't really talk about our faith. And it's, it's a private thing, private personal thing, and it's not to be shared in the world. And also there's a fear as well, I think, that a lot of Christians have, is that um, when we do share our faith is that we're going to look stupid. Because a lot of people in the world think that you're stupid if you believe Christianity because it's been disproved, hasn't it? And also perhaps a fear we're going to look stupid because they might ask us a difficult question that we don't know the answer to. So what do we do as disciples if all Jesus were followers of him? And we are his disciples, aren't we? How do we be salt and light to the world if we feel our pressure not to talk about it and we're fearful about doing it. 
I think the answer is really simple. It's found in relationships. And discipleship, I think, at the heart of what discipleship is, it's about relationships. It's about deepening our relationship with God, knowing how to speak to him and how to hear him on our own, deepening our relationship with him and deepening relationships in a community where we are supported and encouraged by one another, where we know we are loved and people that can help us with some of the struggles or issues or challenges we're facing or other people face as well. So there's uh, three main ways that we as a community are going, are going to sort of do those two things, help build relationships this year, particularly in the areas. There's lots more, but three I'm going to share with you. Um, I don't know if you've noticed at the moment, we're particularly focusing on one of our values, connecting with God on Sundays. As a church recently, um, before Christmas, we did the Bible course, connecting with God. And one of the little blurb underneath it is with three things. And one of them is word. So we've been uh, learning about how we can have greater confidence in understanding God's word in scripture to us so we can take it and read it and grow our relationship in it that way as we learn about him and how we fit into the big picture. Some small groups as well I'll come on to later. Uh, I thought the Bible courses were one of, if not the best, uh, course they've done in their small groups ever. Isn't that really good? But also we're looking at connecting with God in worship at the moment, aren't we? just started that series last Sunday and then we're going on after that and looking at the topic of prayer so um, we know how to worship God but also how to pray how we can talk to God and listen to him in other ways as well through prayer deepening our relationship with God with that but there's other ways outside of Sundays we want to grow our community uh, in small groups I say this every year so apologies if you can remember back to what I said last year but I'm going to say a line again that I said last year I don't think Jesus got it wrong when he chose 12 disciples to really invest with and build a close relationship with him. I think if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of him, you need a group of close friends that you can do life, share faith with, ask difficult questions and go through the ups and downs of life with one another. If you are still not in a small group and you're part of this community and you're just not in a small group because you think life's really busy. Can I please encourage you to join one? They are life transforming in a good way, really helpful in a good way. Please do make the effort to join them. They're easier to join now than they have ever been because all you need to do is, chance, is um, go to our website and there's even a link that will take you, I believe, to the Church Suite site if you're logged in and you can look at all the small groups have a brief description and click join and you can then get your, get the, the leader will get in contact with you and ask you to come and have a taster session and meet up with you Jesus had a small group of people it was good enough for him I think it should be good enough for us as well so outside of small groups as well, uh, we're doing a thing called uh, the Shape Course, which is just three sessions run over um, uh, six weeks that help people to discover how God has made you and the gifts that you have so you can know how you're serving him uh, every day. Over 30 people have done it. Uh, the feedback we've got have been overwhelmingly uh, positive. Let me read something that a member of our church congregation uh, said about it. This is Maxine. She said, Shape enabled me to learn more about the gifts God has given me and how I can start exploring to use them for him. It helped me start to see how I can serve God through every aspect of my life rather than just viewing serving as something I do in the confines of the church family. This is something we can all do. Use our God-given gifts. Know what they are and use them day by day. If you don't know what they are, I want to grow in um, knowing how you can use them day by day. Shape is a brilliant course you can do and we're doing that again later on in the year. And finally, uh, one other thing, uh, just to bring to the core of your mind, we talked about, um, talked about the importance of relationships and understanding who we are in God and uh, who we are as in part of this community. The final thing as well is after Easter, we're gonna all come together 
and look specifically on how we can take our faith out into the world by doing a, a, a course that talks about what it means to be a Christian on our, from our Monday to Saturday, wherever that is. I'd love you to pray about three things. Pray for hunger to grow as a disciple of God and encounter him. Pray about and think about the gifts God has given you and how you can use them. And also do pray for the small groups, especially for their leaders that give up a lot of time doing that and for more people to join in with those. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Richard's given you a few ideas for prayer. Just 30 seconds. It could be one of those things. Just one thing on your sheets to write down that you would like to pray about. Uh, Just a prompt for prayer. Um, Maybe you've got a question as well. So... Um, sheets and pencils on on your tables, not the cards, the pieces of white paper for now, the pieces of white paper. So we shouldn't have put the cards on the table, I don't think. Uh, But I think it's quite good practice to put all your cards on the table, isn't it? Sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) So on the white bits of paper, a prayer already, or maybe a, maybe a question. And we're going to be doing this the same every single time when someone's spoken. So even when they're speaking, you could just jot something down for prayer, and that would probably save us a bit of time. I'm going to let Tom start. If nothing comes to you, and um, there'll be loads of opportunity. Great. Uh, thank you, Patrick. Um, if we could have the slide for young adults up. Brilliant. Um, if you want to just skip onto the next slide, that'd be great. Uh, so um, here to talk about young adults, as you can see from the slide, uh, this is a, a group which um, has been running in one form or another for a long time here. So it's not something uh, that uh, Megan and I have arrived to sort of pioneer, but uh, it's something that we've sort of um, taken on with uh, Toby and El Dipper in kind of leading together. And it's been a real joy over the past six months to work with these um, 30 or so guys who are sort of at different life stages, mix of backgrounds. And um, we've been doing things like Bible studies and, and hot topics, um, uh, follow, sometimes following the church sermon series, but other, other times focusing on what um, uh, young adults particularly kind of um, interested in at the moment. If we could skip on to the next slide, that'd be great. Um, so there you go. We've had socials as well, lots of socials. Apparently there was an Easter egg hunt, but I arrived after Easter, so it's going to have to be even more epic next year. Um, thinking about s- such light issues as predestination and sexuality, um, that was a lot of research involved in the predestination week. Uh, and then the final slide. Um, and we asked the guys to flag up things that they were really keen on doing in the next year and they were all so enthusiastic about getting stuck in not just to kind of the small group but actually to the life of the church and kind of committing to being a part of that and serving and I thought actually rather than me drone on for too much longer I'd invite one of the group to come and share with you a bit so Beth would you come up um, and I'd love you to start Beth just by sharing something that's inspired you from being part of the group over the last six months Um, I think something that's inspired me um, is just opening the Bible more um, and how God's spoken to us through the Bible and given us time, especially in the course um, at the end of this term, um, and shown us things that obviously in passages that we know all about, but new revelations in it. Um, And you didn't tell me to say this, this, but I think that Megan and Tom have really inspired us in that and a new way of looking at things and really exciting. Um, And yeah, we've loved it. Great, thank you. And um, what about a particular challenge that you found in the group? Um, I think a challenge that we've always had in the group is that we want to not only be a group that looks inward, but always also looks outward as well. So um, the culture of invitation, I think, has really challenged all of us. Um, so a way that we can be a group that looks out to our friends, but also those people, those young adults in the community who come home in the holidays, um, or perhaps those who used to come to lots of things and don't anymore. Um, so I think we'd be challenged by things like we did a Taskmaster party, which is a great TV show if no one's seen it, um, and a great Easter egg hunt. And just more and more ways that we can um, do things like that and show people the love of Jesus through their 20s. Amazing. And finally, what about a sort of specific blessing from the last six months or so? 
Um, I think a blessing for me and I hope for the rest of the group has been one another. Um, I think that being in your 20s is challenging as it is, but especially as a Christian. Um, and I feel like we're a group that we support each other through those challenges. Um, and I think those challenges are so different for all of us. So it might be people at university, it might be people with jobs, it might be people with relationships and families. Um, and it's been such a blessing to support one another, whatever cultures or backgrounds we're from. Um, and yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much, Beth. That's really, really helpful. Uh, and just to kind of pick up on a lot of what um, Beth's been saying, actually, this is a really vital area of ministry, not just in Clego, but everywhere in this country at the moment, because, you know, we hear all the time, don't we, about millennials and Generation Z and, and, uh, or iGen or whatever it's called, the next one coming up. And, and actually, it's, it's different from when any of us was at that age. And there's a real specific need for this ministry. Uh, I think, you know, I, I sort of don't want to embarrass her, but I will, I think, um, with Holly, we have such outstanding youth work here at this church, and it does a disservice to that youth work if we don't have anything um, for the guys to transition into. So this is a really vital area of ministry over the next few years. I'm also here to talk about worship. I'll be really brief because I haven't got much time. Um, uh, I haven't got a slide for you. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, there is loads I could say. What I will say is that we are seeing um, amazing growth um, in worship at the moment in terms of not necessarily numbers in the team but actually just growth of relationship within the team and I think that that is being seen on a Sunday in the way that we're being able to minister um, to uh, the church as a team as just through kind of meeting together and sharing food. What we'd love to do in this next year is to invest in the team in terms of um, to invest in them as individuals to uh, begin some training in different areas and we'd also love to invest in um, in our equipment we'd love um, ideally to kind of remodel this area and make it fit for purpose for the next few years uh, and actually just with a view to like, removing barriers and distractions to being able to worship the Lord uh, on a Sunday um, and just to end on an encouragement, particularly as we're in a season of invitation, because I think this is sort of where all of our values and purpose things coalesce. And we had some feedback over the Christmas period from a couple who'd been invited to a service here. And uh, they were reflecting afterwards on the joyful worship they experienced here. Um, and for, this is the first time they've been in a church for a long time, I think. And they said the words uh, that they said were, we didn't know church could be like this. And that's our heart and our hope. We want to um, inspire not just people who've been Christians for years, which of course we want to do, but we want to be a, a community that's invitational. And when new people come in, we want that to be their experience. And so we want to invest in our people and our equipment to enable that. Thank you. Really, that's better. Maybe leave it on the whole time and I'll control it from my switch here So, because I'm going to be popping up and down. I don't want to do this. Right, so prayer um, in response to what's been said so far. There's probably a couple of things there that if you haven't captured them already. And maybe just, uh, maybe just a moment if you don't want to write things down just to shoot a prayer up for our worship and for these young people that are in our church, in young adults, and most churches just don't have them, or any youth, or any children. One thing that we do have in this church is lots of people to care for, and lots of people that do caring, <laughs> Pippa. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, gosh, the light's bright, isn't it? Um, so, in a few few moments, I'll try and be as brief as I possibly can. Um, what do I most celebrate in pastoral care and seniors ministry? And what are the big things that have been happening in 2019? Can't believe we're in 2020 already. Um, lots has been happening, but just a few. 
um, connections. We, yeah, we've got a slide there. Um, this has been growing. It's so exciting to be part of Connections. I have to say I am thrilled that we have such an amazing team who create such a wonderful warm welcome and um, a safe space for our older friends. Um, it's really exciting to see the community around Connections growing and deepening and to continue to have visitors coming along to Connections. The next thing I just want to mention is Hymns We Love, which we have, we've now just run our third series of Hymns We Love, and we've developed this a little bit more. I've really felt recently that we've needed to um, just make it a little bit more intentional about um, sharing the gospel, really, with, with seniors that come to Connections and, and elsewhere. So um, I asked Steve, there's Steve, my Steve, Steve Kramer, um, to help uh, write up these talks. So we've had five talks, five hymns, um, short 15-minute talks, singing well-known, well-loved hymns, which just seems to work. It's very gentle, it's very accessible to older people and even people with dementia. Um, hymns are something that's kind of, you know, they've grown up with. So it's a really simple way of um, sharing and talking about the Lord with them. So that's that's one of the things we've been doing. Um, the next thing I just want to briefly mention is pop-up connections at Wingham. Um, Wing, um, connections is very replicable, and I know I've said this before, but I really do believe if Jesus was here in Claygate with us at Holy Trinity, he wouldn't just stay in this building. He would go out and share his love with those around. And there are people that perhaps can't get here very easily. Um, as we know, people... Um, a lot of the residents at Wingham have very complex neurological conditions. So, um, yeah, we've just been thrilled, really thrilled at how receptive they've been there. Um, and, you know, to be able to complement the wonderful work that the Nest do there, the, the shop. So that's pop-up connections. The next thing I just want to briefly mention is Walk and Talk. Now, this is a new initiative that we've set up in the autumn. Um, and this is really for the newly retired and sort of, it's hard to put an age on it, but I would say sort of kind of late 50s, 60s, perhaps 70-ish max, that sort of thing. So people that would feel that they were too young to come to Connections, basically. But I've really felt that we needed to um, reach out to our younger seniors. Um, so it's a, an active walk for an hour or so, followed by a drink in the Foley. And that's been going really well. Um, the talking part of it is really important. Um, that leads me on to pastoral care, because pastoral care obviously happens at Connections and Walk and Talk. Um, our team has grown, and I don't know if you can see that picture particularly well, but that shows our four newest recruits to our pastoral team. So we've got Helen and Gerda and Debbie and Deborah. Um, and as Patrick has said, we do have a large church. So this team is particularly significant and important. Um, it's also been really good. Some of us have been trained to take home communion to people at home who are perhaps unable to get to church. So that's been a real joy as well. And I think it hopefully helps the clergy a little tiny bit too. Um, the last thing I just want to briefly mention is bereavement care and support. And we have um, been developing our bi-monthly bereavement cafes, which are small but really important for those who are grieving and who've lost somebody. Um, and obviously, one-to-one -one support continues from within our pastoral team and from within connections and all the other things that go on here. What am I most excited about the year ahead, 2020? Well, it's hard. It's hard to put it all into words, but for some of you that know me, I am passionate passionate about sharing God's love with our older friends and so the thought of being able to write up and perhaps share connections a little bit more widely around the country with other churches would be amazing so um, yeah I would love you to pray if you would particularly for me at the end of January I'm going to spend a few days um, Patrick's very graciously allowed me to have a few days to really pray and um just seek the Lord really on that and where we take this and how we do that. And to finish, I'm going to only speak for a minute because I know I haven't got long, but can I just tell you about Mary? Now, Mary is 99 years old. In fact, she was 99 yesterday, and I had the absolute joy of joining with her and some friends and family for a party. 
Um, she had a spinal injury some years ago and lives in one of our local um, care homes. And for nearly all her life, Mary would describe herself as an agnostic. She hasn't really quite known where she, how she fits um, or how God fits into her life. Um, she's attended Connections. It's, I think it's probably nearly 10 years now she's been coming along to Connections. And she absolutely loves it. She loves the welcome. She loves the fact that she's known and that she um, is cared for there. And in the last couple of years, she started chatting to God. That's what she said to me. And she wondered if this was praying. So I, of course, assured her that it was. <laughs> it was praying. And um, to cut a long story short, Mary's faith has gradually grown. And um, her family really do believe that it's down to the love and care that she's received at Connections, actually. It's been very tangible for her. And when I visited her and she was telling me about this chatting to God, um, at the end I said to her, you know, can, can I pray with you? And so she said, oh yes. So we, we held hands and we shut our eyes and, we pr and I started praying with her. And then almost before I'd sort of even finished the first two sentences, she interrupted and she started praying with, well, she started chatting to God with me. So we were both, and then, and then I did, and then she did again. And it was, it was just like we were chatting to God. It was absolutely lovely, and I, I drove away that day, and I, um, I had tears rolling down my face actually, because I just thought, isn't the Lord gracious that this darling lady, at the age of, well, she would have been about 96 then, who had never really known that she could chat to God, <laughs> um, felt that that this was different, and that you know, uh, yeah, she could do that. And doing hymns we love as well with her really helped deepen her, her, her faith. So I just think that's such, um, if ever there was a case of belonging before you believe, she's a lovely example of that. So anyway, briefly, it's such an amazing privilege for me, um, well, for all of us to walk alongside people like Mary. Um, and as I've said, my prayer, and I do have a big vision, and that is to share connections. It's so simple. It's not rocket science. It's loving people, which fits in so beautifully to, one, to our loving and generous community. So um, please pray. Pray for us as we discern and as we think, um, particularly this year, about how we can share this more widely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for your bits of paper, I suppose, what would you like to chat to God about? regarding what Pippa said. And you'll notice um, every single um, team member is struggling to know quite what to say, because all of them have got so much that they'd love to be able to share with you. And you can speak to them beyond the meeting, because they love talking about what God's doing and might be doing within their ministries, and they need your support as well. So. Yeah, thank you. So um, Holly's going to do an introduction now. Good evening, everyone. Hi. Um, I'm the youth minister, if you didn't know that. I oversee um, all um, work with 11 to 18-ish year olds, um, and my name's Holly. So um, to start with, I'd love to um, introduce uh, a short video that I'd love you all to watch, which just gives you a flavor of the past year um, and the point of what we do. So thank you. It helps me calm down after school when I get help with my maths homework. The world has made a difference to me because all the leaders are kind and they're thoughtful. They don't really mind what you do as long as you're not naughty. I like the world because after school on a Thursday, it just it makes me look forward to something and seeing friends and yeah. It's made a place after school for me to have a warm place to eat, have a snack and just play around with my friends. It's helped me with homework and I have loads of people to talk to if I need help. The well leaders have been really nice and you know you can talk to them about anything and you can trust them. And there's a nice place to chill after school. The well's made a difference to me because it's a fun place to hang out with friends and I'd never played on a Wii before this. The well changed my life because after a long hard day at school the leaders are very supportive. up with the youth 
uh, this past year, getting to know some of them um, personally on a, on a sort of one on one level, um, and really finding out what amazing um, individuals they are, um, how kind they are, and and how much God is working in their lives, and to see how God is shaping their hearts and their thoughts as well as they grow each year. And seeing some of them have a real personal encounter with God, and seeing how that transformed the way they behaved at youth, the way they worshipped, and how receptive they were to prayer. It's been awesome seeing older members of YF and Pathfinders really encourage some of the younger members, and in turn, that's helped them step out into areas of leadership and ministry that they wouldn't have necessarily thought themselves capable of, or perhaps put themselves forward for. It's been a real blessing to see that happening this year. Seeing firsthand God's uh, amazing work and power to transform. Seeing members of Pathfinders and YF involved in whole church worship has been amazing this year, and I hope it's an area that we can expand and encourage more of our young people into. It gives me a feeling of community, and like, it also helps me grow in my faith, which is good. Um, and it's like a good place to go to get out of exam stress and stuff like that, which is nice. Well, I feel that it's really helped me in growing my faith, but also I've come from a church where it hasn't had a big youth group, so it's really helped uh, me to like crack in my shell and show who I really am. It's been very helpful for making new friends and getting to know the community in general. I like being part of HCC Youth in the Well and um, the leadership team because I get to learn about God and spend time with other Christians. YF is amazing because it's like a family. I love being a part of HCC Youth because it gives me something to look forward to every week with my friends here and good teaching and it, I learn something every time I come. Thank you for watching. Hopefully that just gave you a little flavour of um, what we do and um, what it's like and what the past year has been full of. Um, so looking ahead, vision for the next year looks like building on um, the previous two years and growing from that. So for The Well, um, this looks like partnering with an organization called Relational Hubs, um, which is run by Andy Gill, who um, started the Leatherhead Youth Project, which you may or may not have heard of. Um, but he um, knows lots about youth drop-ins, and he's going to be encouraging and supporting us um, to expand what we do in engaging with young people in our community and in sharing God's hospitality to all who come. Um, in the discipleship groups, vision for the year ahead um, looks like, so discipleship groups are PF, which is for 11 to 14 year olds, and YF, which is for 15 to 18 year olds. Um, and for them, it looks like expanding on the past two years. Um, so the first year um, that I was in post, um, the focus was all about identity and community. And that carried on into the second year where we then started to bring in a strategy for discipleship through small groups and upfront teaching. And then this year, we're going to grow from that into focusing on training and raising up leaders. So that includes encouraging our young leaders, our youth leadership team, and training for our um, um, youth team as well, um, and yeah, all about raising up leaders. So prayer. And um, what I would love you all to be praying about is, um, well, the first thing is just praying that the young people who come along find a place where they can belong, where they're known, and where they, where they can experience God's transforming love. And secondly, I'd love you to be praying about whether you might be able to be part of the story for a young person meeting with Jesus and be, be a small group leader from next September. Because we're always looking for new small group leaders as the youth group expands and more young people come up through the children's groups um, and young people come from around the community as well. We need more people there to disciple those young people through small groups. So thank you so much. So Holly's given you a few ideas for prayer. You might have um, got some of your own. Thank you so much. Um, 
Here's Adder to communicate in Adder style. Sorry, just getting my props already. Good evening, everyone. I stood here before you a year ago as the newest member of staff. And I shared a little bit about my heart and my desire for the children and families ministry. And I wanted to, to be a place where we are God-centered, we are relational, we foster friendships and relationships with God and with each other, and we are engaging and we have a lot of fun. I have to say, we have had an absolute amazing, we have had an amazing year. And I've got a couple of things I would like to, sh to share with you and just give you a little bit of an insight into what life is like in the Children and Families Office and in the Children and Families Ministry. Um, but before I do that, I do want to say one thing. You know, I am full of ideas. I am a bit of crazy and I've got a lot of enthusiasm and energy, but without the amazing, dedicated, committed team, army of volunteers, I think there's about, I counted about 120 people helping with making sandwiches or the craft club or all those people who work on a daily basis with the children and the families, you know, my ideas will just not achieve much. So just thank you so much for being a part of that and for, for supporting that. In September, as part of our being a loving and generous community, we launched a new initiative, Mums, Bums and Babies. And God has blessed us beyond what I could have even possibly imagined. I have an amazing team. I have Lorna that I managed to uh, get on the team by asking her to come and cuddle, cuddle babies on a Monday. And I've got a Debbie, Debbie who's going to come and just share a little bit. But before that, this is what the room looks like, in case you haven't been. It just looks beautiful and it's just a lovely, warm environment. So Debbie, who is one of our new pastoral she is part of the team and she's just going to share with you a little bit about what Mums, Mums and Babies is for, for her. Um, I just think what's so lovely about Mums, Mums and Babies is, is that it's just, just that we have the opportunity to share Jesus' love with um, the mums who come along who really, I, and hardly any of them actually come to our church. And as Richard was saying, you know, it can be hard to just come out and talk about your faith, but I just feel this is just showing our ministry in action by just sharing God's love and welcome and, and just caring about people and being interested in, in them. Um, yeah, that's what yeah. it is for me. And I, and I think also, um, you know, the is beautifully laid out. And, you know, we sort of get that ready quite quickly first thing, don't we? And um, I can remember one time when um, a couple of the mums had stayed on, you know, they were sort of still sitting there chatting and we'd started clearing away. And they were quite surprised that everything was being taken down and not realised, thought it was like that all the time. And were just, you know, quite overwhelmed by the fact that we'd gone to so much effort to make it such a lovely environment for them. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just showing Jesus' love through our actions. Yeah. yeah. And we pray for sleep a lot. So it's just been such a privilege this morning to just turn around to a, 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 one, a new mum and I say, look, I am going to pray for you. And she, she doesn't come to church. And she just said, yes, please do. Please do pray for sleep. Thank you, yes. Debbie. I was just going to say about prayer, you know, we do have the opportunity also to pray before everybody arrives and for them after they leave as a group. Yeah, thank you. And the second thing that I would like to share with you is um, it's slightly changing tack, just going, and it's, we have a lot of fun in the children's groups because I believe that God is a God who engages with us. And one of my visions was for the shrine parties this year. I wanted it to create a space that literally shone with God's love and God's light. So we've put a bit of effort into the room. It doesn't 
give it justice, but it just looked amazing. And I would like you to just picture that you're sitting on the carpet and you have just sang Shine. And then now you're going to hear what it means when you come, when Jesus comes into your life. Jesus does something absolutely, truly amazing. I've got two clear liquids here. They all look the same. There's nothing, you know, magic about it. But when Jesus comes into your life, something truly spectacular happens. It makes you glow. So we left the children. We had 90 children coming in both of our parties, and we left them with that image that Jesus has real power, and he can make you glow. So that's kind of what we, we, we're, we're doing. So finally, I just don't want to miss this opportunity. You are here, and you're a captive audience. Please do pray, be praying for us. And I am looking for volunteers in most areas. I think every Sunday, I'm just look around and ask people to come and help. But in particular, there are three areas that I would like you to prayerfully consider whether you would like to get involved and you or you know someone who might want to be involved or just pray that God will send people. And those areas are a set-up team for moms, bums and babies, messy church reaching the non-church, and a team working with toddlers midweek. And if you have any other ideas or any other things that you want to get involved, please do get in touch. And thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you, um, everyone, actually, that shared so far. Um, we're going to have a little break now. If you, I think um, this isn't Cana in Galilee. But I think we've still got some provisions. If we haven't, we're a bit stuffed, actually, because <laughs> I can't help. But, <laughs> but if you, <laughs> so if we go out the back, I think the cheeses and things to go. There'll be some um, liquid refreshment as well. Grab your, grab refreshment if you want, and then come back in. Thank you. Thank you um, so much for returning. I know there's um, one person that needs to go at half past. Um, if you do need to leave, we're not going to take it personally. We're just delighted that you've been able to come for however long you've been able to come. This um, next section, uh, again, it, all these things that ministry leads are sharing, they're just little snapshots of what we do. Had to be selective not saying loads and loads of stuff. Um, our office and admin team, that's sort of a really important communication hub for the church, and they do all sorts of normal stuff in a busy church, but just recently, certainly over the last year, there's been lots of new stuff too. And what we do is we create new stuff, and we don't always take away the old stuff. And then we have holidays and staff changes, and jury service, and have I said illness? Just different things, and we still need to persevere. And, and Janet's in the sort of thick of this with Catherine and others, and we just want to say thank you, and she's just going to come and share one aspect, and a really big aspect, of extra stuff that she's had to do this year with others. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. So, we've heard a lot from other ministry leads about um, all the things that are happening here, and very much our office and admin role is supportive. So, I'm going to talk to you about one aspect of, of what we've been doing. Now, I'm hoping that quite a few of you present here this morning might be aware that we started work on a new website last year. And it uh, was launched at the beginning of this month. So hands up if you've actually accessed and seen the new website. Well, that's fantastic. Brilliant. I think there's about half of the people here who've looked at it. So my challenge to the other half, if you can get online, is go and have a look. Holy Trinity Claygate, in case you couldn't guess. Now, if you haven't had a look, then I do want to show you what it looks like in the various different ways that you might be viewing it. So here... You can see on the left-hand side is the view you'll get if you're on a laptop or a fixed PC. The middle view is a tablet, and then this is 
for a mobile phone. So it works really well over all three platforms. Um, so before we actually started doing any work on the website, we did carry out quite a bit of research, which showed that we needed to serve two very different groups of people, namely those outside the church who might want to check us out, see if we're worth a visit, who might want help with a wedding or a funeral or to hire the premises, and those of us in the church family who might want informational resources. But in laying out the website, we did do it from a priority of people who might just want to come and have a look, those outside the church, see what we're about. So that's why on the home page, we do highlight the main areas that we're involved in. So you can see Sunday services, children's work, youth work, and work with seniors. And um, that's why the contents also needed to be very easy to follow. So we just have four drop-downs about, then we have services, and you can see what the choices are once you get there, activities, a lot going on there. We've heard about a number of those today. And finally, how to contact us. So we did actually spend a long time in working out the best way to navigate through to make it really easy. And the other important thing was that it should be in everyday language. So I've chosen this slide as an example. You might not be able to read the detail, but it's very simple. As a church, we exist for a very definite purpose. So very easy, engaging language, but we don't want to just have words. We're about pictures. So this is the page, how it looks with some of the photos. There's actually another row of photos underneath. So if people even don't read the words, but engage with the photos, they'll know what we're about as a church. So as far as the church family is concerned, it's unlikely any of us will say, oh, I think I'll wander over to the website to see what's new. But instead, for us, the website serves two purposes, namely to provide answers to questions. I'm glad Richard didn't have his red jumper on this morning. <laughs> um, so we might want to wonder who's speaking at 9.30. How do I contact Louise, the vicar's assistant? And where can I listen to a sermon that I've missed? Or we might want to know more about events. So our vision meeting is up there. Final party this coming Saturday. It's not too late to come. You can sign up outside. Um, or you can sign up uh, by sending us an email. And then finally, a short link to where the church calendar can be found. And we wanted to present this information as clearly and concisely as possible. Now, I'd like to thank three people in particular. One of them's working in the office this morning. Um, she's a design professional, professional called Charlotte Carrington. Now, she, her expertise has enabled the website to look the way that it does. And I also want to say a huge thank you to two church members, neither of whom could sadly be here today. Firstly, to Pete Meadows, who worked his magic. Believe me, he needed to work his magic on some of our words, making it really accessible and understood. And finally, to Mark Chapman, who most of you will know, who built the website with skill, enthusiasm, and patience when we changed our minds, which we often did. And, um, but together, those three have enabled us to start the new decade with a relevant and vibrant website which will serve both the community and the church family. Thank you. I think just over a week ago, I sort of lose uh, track of time. I quoted um, Psalm 127, I think, and it's about, unless the Lord builds the house, it's builders build in vain. And I think all of us um, who do ministry around here, we really, really crave your prayers. Some have articulated that, but prayer's a really big deal. Um, at the start of the year, we've uh, changed uh, when we do morning prayer. We pray every single day of the week. Sunday's slightly different. I just encourage that one or two people have thought to come along um, at nine o'clock during the week, not once everyone's around during the week, but it is just such an encouragement. I hope we've made you sort of feel welcome. On Saturdays, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, a revival almost broke out when you offered to do a party as well. 
but there's folks that pray on Saturdays. There's a few of you here. Thank you so much. Um, Ministry is quite hard at times, and we do a lot of stuff. And the fear in my heart is we do a lot of stuff, and we just simply exhaust people, and there's no fruit or no building to show for it. And um, this is hard. Prayer is hard work, and it's a discipline, but it can be a joy too. If you don't take anything else away from this evening, please pray, and please join with others to pray. And there's different ways of encouraging each other in this. Um, Speaking of buildings, I think we're here to build the people of God. We'd love to build the ministries. Some of our ministries, um, they peak for a season, and then there's a little bit of a struggle, and there's, there's, um, there's folks coming through. We see this from time to time in our children's ministries, and then you sort of look behind, and maybe there's a little bit of a gap. I'm absolutely delighted that um, Ada and Debbie sort of shared a little bit this evening. It gives me so much joy to see those babies. I'd pop into the babies' groups for a few years. I didn't dare go anywhere near any babies' groups, having been a dad of uh, four children. I thought that was sort of quiet enough, but I've got over it after a little bit of counselling and 20 years, maybe. And, and, and it's just such a joy and a delight uh, to see uh, this symbol of new birth in our church. And what we see with the babies coming, I hope we'll also see uh, through our evangelism. And I long to be in a church where folks issue Jesus' invitation to join us for worship, to join us for hospitality. Always get anxious this time of year. Join us for an Alpha course. I don't know if anyone's coming. Well, they're not coming if it's down to me to do the invite because I just know church people pretty much. I'm kept quite locked up in this place from time to time. I do try and get out a little bit. Um, in terms of other building stuff, we'd love to use our buildings, these wonderful facilities that we don't deserve that have been gifted to us by the generosity of the generations before us. Tom's hinted uh, one of the most important things we do along with prayer, is worshipping God, expressing our worth to him. And we love the facilities fit for the 2020s to be able to do that even better than we do already. And maybe to um, save a little bit of volunteer time in the setting up and the putting down. We'd love, um, you saw some of the pictures of Emmanuel Hall that um, Holly was sharing. We'd love to make that a facility that was maybe used more often and maybe there's little adjustments to that building that need to happen to make it even more hospitable to youth and as I said earlier um, it's a very rare thing to have young people um, in our church and, and they seem to be coming and it seems to be growing and when we spot God's activity I think our job is to join in The real skill in prayer and discernment is to spot God's activity. And then another idea, um, I'd love this to be a space, like we've seen on the picture, um, Hoshinty Church at the centre of the community. But maybe we could get better at being a place and a go-to place that folks would care to hang out. Much as they do and use coffee shops, we wouldn't be putting on a coffee shop, but just a safe space folks to come and to be and to do relationship and maybe, just maybe, inquire about the God that we serve and that facilitates these sorts of things. And I'm sure you've got questions. Um, Maybe you've got some ideas for prayer as well this evening. Um, Maybe now, just Um, for a few moments some time of reflection to write some thoughts down Um, maybe just maybe one of the cards is to leave with us so the one without the picture if you've got questions we'll do our very best to get back to you if you've got questions 
And the other one is one to take away with maybe just one prayer. I, can't, I haven't got one in front of me at the moment, but maybe you can take it with you. Um, I'd like to thank God for. We haven't left very much space for that. And uh, what is it when you fill in forms and you can have an old uh, sort of A4 sheet to sort of complete that one? You just have to think of one or two things and then maybe something to pray for. And just to take that with you as a reminder. And um, I'm also hoping um, when you see bricks and when you see our village sign, it's going to be a constant reminder to all of us that we're a church in and of the community. And it's our joint calling to build God's kingdom here. Just a few moments. Maybe when, um, um, to write that down, then Tom's going to come to the front and to lead worship. But I just want to say thank you for our team that have um, done our hospitality, Could Louise and others. That's absolutely wonderful. Those that have set up those that have shared, some of us are used to sharing from the front. I reckon it's taking a little bit of courage for those of you that don't normally come up the front to do it. But I think it's almost most, most powerful when we share out of weakness rather than out of sort of relative strength. So thank you so much for being prepared to do that this evening.